This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Uh, but first, as we bring in Will Brinson, senior NFL writer, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 podcast moderator, we can definitively say now that the Panthers won the draft, right? Because before the draft, it was all about the Panthers having lost the draft. Or Before this game, the Panthers had lost the draft last year. Now they have won the draft, right? Well, I mean, I think if I'm a Panthers fan or anyone supporting the Panthers, I'm far more concerned about how badly will they lose the 2024 draft. (laughs) And if you look at the schedule, I mean – you got a freight right revenge game against the Colts coming up with no Anthony Richardson. You know, they're they they're up and down. They can you know, John and Taylor's look better. Um Gardner Minshew um is is you know, just I don't know, you never know what you're gonna get with Minshew. And then you got the uh, the Bears too. So like there's I, I, I well, maybe the Broncos. There's there's and then like the division games with the the Bucks and the Falcons, like I'm not saying the Panthers are gonna rip off a bunch of wins and right. make a playoff push here or anything. But I mean the Falcons are in first, the Falcons are the four seed in the NFC right now with a four and four record. They look up and down like crazy. The Bucks, I don't think anybody's terrified of it. They, no. There's just nothing scary in this division. And I think if you're the Panthers and you can find a way, and I'm you know, thinking, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not through the path. Should I stop you right now? No, no, no. Really, should I stop you right now? This happened last night on the podcast too. I said, "There's a path to." They're yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" No, 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 like, no, just, no, 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 no. There's no. a path to the Panthers only giving up a top ten pick and oh, not okay. a top three pick <laughs> to the Bears. And I okay. think that's important. Like, if you give up, if you give up the number nine pick to the Bears, it's like, all right, you know, that's not great. But it's not giving up the number one pick. And I think okay. before that, before that, before that. Before Eddie Pinheiro's forty-third field goal uh, <laughs> uh, of the final on the final play right. went through the uprights that he celebrated like he had just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I think I think it did feel very much like the Panthers could be. I mean, you know, we're going to give up the number one overall pick to the to the Bears, yeah, they and still might. By the way, uh, they still might. But I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like that's like that's a little victory here, Adam. Where you right. you you just hope if you're the Panthers, you're not the worst team in football. I'm so glad that that's where you went, as opposed to even mentioning winning the division. Because yes, um, they did carry. Did they carry him off the field? I mean, isn't that's much, right? I don't think they carried him off the field, but they definitely lifted him in the air. He was on. He was on somebody's shoulders. For sure. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But you know what? When you're zero and six, I saw there. Was, I think they handed out T-shirts and hats after uh, after the game. Good for good for them. Look, they needed a win. Uh, it'll make everything about watching the film and saying, uh, "Wow, why did Bryce Young take six sacks?" All of these things that they couldn't do. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, Ike Kwano still got run over a bunch. They have to get yeah. that has to happen. That has to get better. Uh, but good for them. Uh, but I was just tired, and I want to move on to, uh, to other games. I was just tired of hearing all the definitive statements about how the Panthers lost the draft through six games of what is likely going to be a couple of 10-year careers, maybe more, yeah. for C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I realize that we are asked, puts part of our job, say something definitive, be be out there. And so we get, I just can't do dumb. I refuse to do right. dumb. 
And to well, me, look, that's look, dumb. Look at Tua. Look at Tua and Herbert, man. I mean, they've gone. We was like, well, the Dolphins really saved the Chargers' bacon and screwing up and taking Tua. And then, like two weeks ago, it was like, wow, all those takes for three years were stupid. <laughs> yeah. like, like these things are these, these things are judged over the, a long, long period of time, not over six weeks, and. Not based on like something that some press conference that Frank Wright gave, where you you were technically inferring something that confirms a, a prior that he liked C.J. Stroud more than he liked Bryce Young. I mean, I think it's like, but like, it's it's a, I mean, Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman, um, you know, won what uh, five Super Bowls combined, and right, uh, and 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 you know, both Hall of Famers. Um, Peyton, you can I mean, argue like you know, one of the greatest. You know, well, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and like. Those guys want to combine like six games their first year. So I mean, it's 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 way 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 too early to assume that anybody's won or lost an NFL draft based on six games of the season. All right, Forty um, ers Will Brinson. What kind of trouble are they in? Right, this is three in a row. I do think that the first two were self inflicted wounds. I'm not sure this one doesn't also fall into this category. But I give the Bengals credit for simply being better than the other two teams they lost to. Well, the Bengals are just good. Yeah. Like, Burr's, Burr's back in 100%. And this is the Bengals team that, you know, coming out of the bye, he looked even better. He was he ran, he ran for 48 yards. He was really mobile in the pocket. Um, you know, they got the ground game going a little bit. And, and this is just – and Lou Anarumo's defense was fantastic, really adjusted to what San Francisco does. Uh, particularly when the, the Bengals had a lead and kept you know pushing that lead and, and being aggressive in terms of attacking Brock Purdy, um, I think you can make the case one that Purdy maybe shouldn't have been starting this game. You know, he's, he's the only player in the NFL this year to enter concussion protocol the same week within a, within a week span of his a week long span of his um, only only player in the NFL to play within a week of entering concussion protocol. Like everyone else has skipped the game afterwards. Or, or you know, they entered the you know, whenever they entered the protocol, they didn't play the following week. Purdy's the first guy to clear, and every time has like say it, it makes a ton of sense. Like you're playing this position that requires you to think really quickly uh, and process information really quickly and make decisions really quickly based on that information you're processing. And if you are still, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into like the, the minutia of like of you know of, of what kind of concussion is a concussion, like different right. types of concussions, but I mean like. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you're if you're in the concussion protocol or freshly out of it, it's gonna be hard to do that, particularly against a good defense. Now, the other thing about Brock Purdy is we've seen the Bengals, I mean excuse me, the 49ers and Purdy struggle the last few weeks. Purdy's struggling from play, playing from behind. And I don't think that should be a surprise because one, you're you know, you're asked to do what, what you're being asked to do when you're when you're front running and you're playing from ahead is completely different as a quarterback than what you're doing what you're being asked to do when you're playing from behind. And then, two, the play calling is completely different. And so, like, Kyle Shanahan, you know, it's it just – like, I think he can dial up whatever he wants when he's got a lead with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just way, way different for what he has to call and what he has to do. And, look, Jermaine Pratt, shout-out NC State, shout-out High Point, North Carolina, made a great yeah. uh, interception, incredible pick, um, you know, that, that you usually don't see from a linebacker like that. Uh, Purdy, you got uh, Logan Wilson sort of um, – Tricked him with a. He sort of uh, uh, baited him into making a bad throw later in the game, and like I, I don't think it's like, all, like the, the Cinderella story is ending. It's just, but maybe Brock Tober is coming to a, a, a rocky close. <laughs> well, he, 
Also, how much of this is no Trent Williams and no yeah, Debo no, 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 Samuel, right? Yeah. So, it, look, it shouldn't look that different, but Trent Williams is one of those guys. And, right, and Debo Samuel is another one of those guys. And we saw how different the offense looked at Cleveland when they lost mm-hmm. Debo and Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. when you're when well, you're and, and Debo too, and I'm not sure what the blitz percentage was for the Bengals. I know that the Vikings, you know, Vikings are the heaviest blitz team in the NFL right. with uh, Brian Flores. Um, Debo's a big time blitz beater, you know, and that's and Kyle Shanahan talked about that. You heard uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman mentioning how Kyle Shanahan was lamenting to them that Debo wasn't available for that game against the Vikings because Debo, you get it in Debo's hands in short yardage wherever he is, you know, out of the backfield. Line up in these bubble screens, et cetera, et cetera. He's such a he's such a blitz killer because he can you get the ball out quick into Debo's hands and he can take off and pick up yards after catch. All right, so let me move on to another game because um, I mean the 49ers have lost now three in a row. You didn't uh, nobody saw three in a row coming. I think they are fine. We get, we get so tied up. We get so tied up in like the in the three straight losses versus like okay, we're you're eight games in, five and three is. You'd probably rather be six and two, but five and three is fine. But here's the other thing: I've always believed that there are three parts of the NFL season. There's the start, which tells us something. There's the middle, which lies to us, and then there's the end. Weird things happen in the middle of NFL seasons. Like there are mirages in the middle of NFL seasons, and that's how we'll uh, we will chalk up Denver at home shutting down Kansas City. Or maybe it's Taylor that Swift, Taylor Swift Taylor, was not there. Taylor Swift wasn't there, and Patrick Mahomes had the flu. I think it's yeah. I mean, look, that um, that you know, a bunch of crazy streaks came to an end. I think it was the nineteen straight games the Denver lost to Kansas City. Um, it was sixteen. Patrick Mahomes was twenty five and zero against teams who were two games or more below five hundred coming into this game. So that ended that streak. The craziest one that I heard, I like, I like having rewind it because I didn't believe it. Patrick Mahomes was 16-0 on the road in his career against divisional opponents. That is insane. That is insane, yes. <laughs> he never lost a divisional road game in the AFC right. West. I know they've lost to the Chargers in Kansas City, but he's never lost a divisional yeah. road game. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, well, he lost to the Raiders in Kansas City as well. I remember John Gruden oh. bust around the stadium several times honking over and over again, <laughs> and then the, then the Chiefs beat the Raiders by 300 points the following time they, they match up. Um, smart move, John Gruden. Do that to your old, to your old buddy Andy Reid. Uh, <laughs> but the um, yeah, the uh, yeah, first time losing a road game to a divisional opponent. Um, Robert Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson has looked looked better. He's looked. I did Bill Barnwell's pod last week. And we, what, yeah, did he have a hundred yards passing? Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend, Coach Pete Deruta with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. It's close. It's easy. Well, we, we just, we just, Bill described him, and I thought this was, it's like, it's like, you know, you go to your fridge and you open it up and there's a, um, you know, I got to cook dinner and there's like a, 
a stake in there. It's like one day past its expiration, but it's like, it's not, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't smell bad. It just, it looks, it looks, it looks fine. You, you, you feel like you can eat it and right. live with it, but you don't really want to. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's fine. Right. It's not, it's not bad. It hasn't gone bad. It's not bad meat. And so, um, I think it's not particularly appetizing. Very uh, nice. Scenario to, to think about. I'm just saying it's like, like Russell isn't like, you don't open it. You're like, ah, there's that piece of lobster that I caught in the ocean yesterday. You know, it's like, it's like, all right, like it's not, it's not really rancid meat. Um, it kind of was, but that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying Russ, is, Russ has been, I mean, I think that like, I think that this sort of little mini run the Broncos are on, and maybe it is a lie. Maybe it's a fabrication that we're being taught in the middle of the season. I, I just think it's like we were, when they, when they gave us 70 points to the Dolphins, it was like yeah. people wanted to fire Sean Payton and, like, like excommunicate Russell Wilson to Siberia. It's well, so it's clear the like, defense. Yeah. The defense is better, uh, has played better, yeah, better. Or, and or maybe it was that Taylor Swift was not there. Uh, Russell did throw for 114 yards, but I will uh, I'll fall on it. I'll I'll take the zero. He did have three touchdowns, so good for uh, good for Russ. And I just feel like I feel like the eye test. He's, he's passing a little bit better than he has than he did last year. And you know, sometimes he just needs a win. By the way, Javante Williams was very good uh, yeah. in the game, and it's nice to see him. Uh, you know, based on he missed almost all of last year with the ACL injury, much like Brees Hall for the Jets missed a ton of uh, time last year with the ACL injury. It's taking him season, what? Week two. It was like week yeah, two he yeah, got yeah, hurt. Yeah, and I mean, like, you got to remember, too, like, sometimes with these ACL injuries, we're like, ah, everybody comes back from them now. Well, it's like sometimes we've seen running backs and wide receivers. I remember, remember Julian Edelman tore his yeah. um, in the preseason, and it was like he really didn't get get back until, like, week five or week six. And so sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, no no question. And, look, it, everybody's different. So and and not all ACL tears are the same either. I mean, some are some involve more ligaments. Who knows? I don't know the difference, but um, yeah, he, it's good to see Javante Williams playing well, uh, and that uh, that's important. The Dallas Cowboys are five and two. Hey, hey, hey I'm just glad somebody from Carolina. You always just got to win. You know, I mean, like hatred. Well, well I'm oh, just hold your uh, North a, Carolina joke. I'm about to make a North Carolina joke uh, in like two minutes. Uh, okay. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys won. I, part of me, I, I thought the Rams were better than the Rams obviously are, but yeah, um, the Rams are obviously not good. The Cowboys are, I think, the greatest front running team in the league. When the Cowboys have an opponent, they should destroy. Other than that inexplicable loss at Arizona. When the Cowboys have a team they should destroy, they destroy them. Everybody else they seem to lose. So the Cowboys are what, five and two? Yeah. And they've beaten the snot out of the Jets, Giants, Rams, Patriots, and uh the other way. Chargers. <laughs> and they 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 beat the Chargers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in LA by three. Yeah, and that was that was a close game. That, that game, Cowboys Chargers, like on Sunday, it was I think it was like Sunday night, right? It was like just fast yeah. forward to the two minute warning and let's <laughs> get over with. Get it over. Either with. Dak or Herbert's got the ball, and they're either going to like kick a field goal, miss a field goal, or uh, throw a, a yeah. back breaking interception that first take talks about and on top tomorrow. So let's just go fast forward to that. But yeah, and so the um, the losses you had the, the bloodbath Sunday night loss a couple weeks ago to. San Francisco, which now is like even more confusing because San Francisco lost their next three since then. 
Um, and you've got the loss of the, the Cardinals. It just felt like the Dallas was reading its own headlines too much and, and stumbled into that one. Um, I tend to think that, yeah, I think the Cowboys are probably a big front runner. I also think it's possible, and I know that you have uh, plenty of disdain for Mike McCarthy as, you know, it's, yeah. just, just general. It's not disdain. I just think he's overrated. That's all. Yeah. Well, he's a I, mediocre I, yeah, coach. I, but I do wonder if, like, maybe, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, he. The offense is. I mean, maybe Dak's starting to find something. In this offense starting to get comfortable. Maybe. Like, yeah. Well, I just think it takes a little bit longer than people give it. Get like, feel like, well, Kellen Moore's gone. Mike McCarthy's in town, or Mike McCarthy's calling the plays now. It's like, I mean, this should just be a flip the switch moment. And I do think you know that's a big difference going from um, you know Dak's entire like you know, all this all of Dak's career is like dealing with Kellen Moore versus now he's got. You know, my, like it's, that that type of play caller shift is a, is a huge um, is a huge shift for a quarterback and you know, for the coach to sort of develop that rapport, card plays, what you're comfortable with, what you like, et cetera. So I think it's possible things are, they're starting to kind of get cooking on offense. We'll yeah, them, and there's still uh, there's well. still there's still a a, a big gap I mean, between them. They're at, the, they're at the Eagles this week, the Eagles are three point favorites. I tend to like the Eagles in that spot, um, and I think that game will tell us a lot because remember we thought we were like uh, we we crowned Dallas and put him in the elite club of the NFC and then San Francisco tossed him out and then now I'm not sure San Francisco's in there it might just be Philly and it's like all right Dallas uh, like I have my questions about Philly Philly allowed too many points to a terrible Washington offense uh to yeah, really to, yeah. yeah so all right look. and by the way Dallas Dallas home road splits are wild yeah yeah, again, at home against the bad team, they uh, they flex their muscles and they and and they have parades. Um, a couple of years ago, Dak Prescott tried to spike a ball. They tried to set the ball and and Prescott Prescott tried to spike it, but they had to give the ball to the referee first so the referee could set the ball. So here's what I'm going to the we have like a, maybe a minute left here, maybe less. Okay. Um, the Jets and Giants combined for 445 total yards, which is about 200 yards less than Georgia Tech had against North Carolina on Saturday night. So, but the Jets spotted the ball themselves, and Zach Wilson spiked it, and they were allowed to kick a field goal. Yeah. Why? Well, if Graham Gino just makes the kick, it's irrelevant. And Brian Dable, poor clock management. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, look. But I mean, still. lost if you're the Giants. But at least the Giants weren't, like, number 12 in the country with a Heisman Trophy candidate and undefeated and <laughs> lose tw- as a 21-point favorite at home and then as a 12-point favorite on the road yeah. to down their luck coast. It's a very good point. Teams. Like, it could be worse. It's a very good point. It's just, I mean, <laughs> look, the the. Brian Dable's got to be mad at the fact that the referee didn't take the ball to spot it first, Agreed. and then the Jets yeah. would not have been able to kick the extra, kick, kick the field goal. Twenty-four punts in that game. Twenty-four punts. Yeah, four of thirty-five combined on third and fourth downs between those two right. teams. It is. It had to be the worst football game ever played. Had to. With that, yeah. that wasn't uh, whether. Andrew Catalan goes. He goes. This is the ugliest, best football game you'll ever see. And then Bob was choosing on the Jets radio call. I was like, and the Jets have won the game, and I'm not even really sure how. <laughs> yeah, I I think Bob was choosing is probably correct. Will Brinson, you are the man. I appreciate your time. We'll talk to you again next week. Hi, buddy. See you, man. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. 
you could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.